I'm Chase, and you're listening to The Angry Millennial, and I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm in this room or what they just fed me, but you're listening to The Angry Millennial. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to The Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers. All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now, guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at clickgearclothingltd. Yeah, let's try that one more time. I'll turn his gain down to four. Yeah, try, try one more. Hello, people. I, I sound like nothing. I know, because I, turn, I turned down the gain. All right, how about that's better. All right. Yeah, yeah. Hello, people. This is Peter Hurley, and you are listening to the Angry Millennial Podcast here on the Angry Millennial Podcast. <laughs> That works. I'll probably be able to take those levels down a little bit. That's the the best start Uh, to any episode so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. None of that's getting cut. No. No. So we're here today with Peter Hurley. If you couldn't tell. I'm not an angry millennial, by the way. No. Believe me. Honestly, I think so far we've only had one millennial on the show. (laughs) Everyone's been... What's what's a 40-year-old? I'm neither angry nor nor millennial. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're here at your studios in in New York. Thank you for letting us use your space. Thanks for coming by. This is is cool. I was glad you asked me to to be part of this operation. Yeah, yeah. So we've, um, you know, we spoke, I know, last year... Uh, we did the interview for zero. Yeah, and uh, and as you can imagine, you're, you've still been going a hundred miles an hour with shooting and speaking. Um, you know, have you finally been able to find like a, a put a reliable team in place to help you balance it all, or is it just you know that vampire hustle? I feel pretty good about where I am now, but the hustle has got to be there. I mean, it's there whether you have a team or not. Right. I mean, if you're you know going for it and going full bore, it's not. There's no off switch. I'm not good with an off switch. Like if it slows down, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, falling <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I do wrong? Wait, yeah. what's the status? So on all the way or it's shorted out. I'm just not right. good when it's off. If it's, and, and every once in a while I got to take a step back and remind my, it's cool. Let it chill. Something's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Right. You know, right. there's always something to do. It's plenty, right. plenty of stuff going on, but yeah, no, it's definitely hustle and it's, and it's, uh, but I do have a good team in place right now. I have, uh, I'm pretty pretty pleased with what uh, is going on in, nice. the, in the Peter Hurley universe of, I guess, my team, I would say. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so let's see here. Um, sorry, just trying to answer a question. My girlfriend's asking, are you periscoping? I'm like, I did. Why don't I, we periscope? Done, yeah, I've done it once. So yeah. I mean. We could periscope. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Actually, do you even we, use that, or do you? Use I use the Facebook. Uh, uh, we could Facebook. We'll get more people. Yeah, sure. If we do it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you right, Facebook, I'll Periscope. 
Okay. So uh, can this called be the angry millennial broadcast right now? Yes, <laughs> it could, right? Yeah, yeah I guess so. We got a situation going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're a lot like uh, Jeremy Cowart in the respect that you both kind of came into photography, you know, later than most. Um, you know, you both had accrued so much, you know, experience in similar fields that it was a bit of a, a seamless transition. You know, do you think that was a blessing? I mean, you were on the other side of the camera for years. Uh, you were kind of uh, had been mentored by one of the best photographers of our generation. You know, mm-hmm. um, do you think that it, you're kind of happy the way that kind of played out? That you were had so much accrued, so much life experience at that point. Oh my gosh! Well, a couple things. When I I feel very fortunate that I got into photography the way that I did. Right. Um, you know, having that experience. I never knew that I was good looking enough to be a model. I was like, what are you, somebody's going to pay me for the way I look? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is great. I was like, I was just psyched that they, they would actually pay me money for the way I was like, this is crazy. Um, but I think at the time it was a lot about timing. I mean, I don't, I I think all my life, I kind of always envied people who knew where they wanted to go in life. I'm not one of them. Yeah. 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 I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I always have. And, and, uh, I didn't know uh, what was coming down the pike when when Bruce uh, Bruce Weber was my right. kind of you know I, I consider him my mentor in this. It's mm-hmm. not that he taught me anything in photography. He gave me one photography book that was really cool. What um, book was that? It was a book. Um, oh my gosh, the the, the radio's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Elton John we're listening to? It's, it's, it's Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Um, uh, Billy Joel in the Radio. background, people. Um, I don't know if they can hear it, but <laughs> we hear it. Uh, it was who is the um, who is the English chap? The oh, he's such a why is he not coming to my brain? The Nigel Barker. Book, no, he's an old. He's a older guy. David. David. He's an older guy. He's really famous portrait guy, black and white, UK like. Badass. Right, Come on, guys. Right, right. Somebody on here knows who he is. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's why is the. I'm just having a brain fart. He just did a video with Bruce in the city. Um, David Bailey. Oh, that's okay, who it was. Okay. It yeah, was yeah, a book. Yeah. It was book from David Bailey. And, uh, and he, and that was it. And Bruce, it was more like being on the shoots. Right. And seeing what was going on. The worst thing about it was that I didn't know for mo- most of my modeling career happened before I picked up a camera. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I was going to pick up a camera. Yeah. So oh, I so never I paid any attention. Right, right. So I was on I'm working with all these amazing people, and I never paid attention to anything that was going on. <laughs> and I was then, say. And then I picked up a camera, and I became the most annoying model on the shoot. They were like, right. don't book that guy. <laughs> that yeah. guy's just really not. I'd be like, I'd be like, what are you doing? What is this? Why is this here? What's going on? And I'm all self-taught, so I didn't know anything. So mm-hmm. it was all questions and just hammering people. Right. And that put my modeling career in the gutter. And luckily, because because it forced me to make make money with a camera. Mm-hmm. Which so was, that was pretty much like your aha moment, like being on the other side of it. Eventually, was, you were like, oh, shit, that's what I want to do. I was eventually. Well, I thought all my friends that did it were really cool because I became <laughs> friends with the photographers. Yeah. But I never felt artistic. Like uh-huh. I never felt like an artist. This artist thing, whole artist thing was new to me. Um, and I was certainly did not think I was one of them. Yeah. And uh, so I never even it, it never even entered my brain. And then Bruce kept encouraging me to pick up a camera and I finally listened to him and Lo and behold, jeez. Right. It's I feel that's why every day I'm like p- 
pinching my. I'm like, wait, now I used to pinch myself that I was making money by somebody paying me for the way I look. Now I <laughs> pinch myself because I make money because I just press a button and somebody's standing in front of me and yeah. and, and we make money. It's just right. a cool way to make a living. Well, that's no, a true it's artist. great. I mean, and it's great. It's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the great thing too is like you said it that you know. It, it, I mean. The model to photographer thing obviously is nothing really new, right? It's happened so many times and it, it makes sense. You have the experience on the other side that helps you relate to your subjects and your clients and that sort of thing. Um, and you know what looks good and what doesn't. I mean, Christ, you're the guy who came up with Squinch, right? You can't. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of like to a point where you know what looks good. And I'm sitting here going, yeah. well, I think I look good, right? I'm in the mirror. I'm like, yeah. And I take a picture and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it looks nothing like I saw in my head. Yeah. I like the opposite of body dysmorphia. It's, it's a good way to kind of transition as long as you really like learn, start to really try to pick it up and really get into it. Unlike a lot of people, these, uh, I won't go on a rant about Instagram, oh, about God. models trying to go to photographers, but I, I, th- I think that's a great way to kind of transition into that industry. It, like kind of going backwards, sort of. Well, I mean, I don't think I'd be here with a camera in hand if if it, if I wasn't in that industry. Yeah. So that was just a, a fortunate series of events for me. But um, the one thing that's funny is that uh, I remember back then when I was modeling, I was I had no, I had a very limited skill set in front of a camera. I was I didn't think I knew really what I was doing. Like if 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 a photographer if I if I like the pictures, it's because of the connection with the photographer. Like I I yeah. a mile away. Like I look so much better with one photographer compared to another one. And some people just made me feel out to lunch. Like I remember going over to to Spain. I went to Europe to model, and I was like not I couldn't even understand the guys let alone know what i was doing i was it was horrible i was like a fish out of water over there right. anytime and they were trying to work with me and i i i, I mean i got some okay pictures but it was hard so you've um, done it where you have the, like a, a translator on set no like well luckily actually it's kind of funny because i went to spain and i was modeling in barcelona then i went to madrid and i go to i get this job for this magazine in madrid and i show up on the set and i am uh I'm shooting and this assistant with all this energy comes over to me and starts speaking to me in English. And I'm like, dude, I'm hanging with you. <laughs> I'm like, how is your English so good? And he right. went to the Art Institute of uh, Philadelphia. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's nice. cool. Yeah. And uh, his name's Ramiro Montoya. And we became, it was like, I was like, that's it. Cause I'm in like a foreign land. I don't right. know anybody. There were a bunch of models hanging around, but I was like, I was like, I'm hanging with you. Right. So, uh, and then he was the one that really, he, years later I went back Bruce was shooting in Sevilla outside of Madrid and I went down there and I went with Ramiro and we stayed overnight with Bruce and Bruce was like did you get a camera yet I'm like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> and I was with my girlfriend at the time we were and she was a model who's now my wife and we went all over the south of Spain and Ramiro shot us everywhere we oh, went wow. back to his apartment and he had a dark room oh, so nice. we did all nice. he taught me how to how to use black and white dark room I mean I had taken the a black and white darkroom class right. in, in high school. Right. But my, on my report, I have to find this report card. My teacher oh, said do. lacks enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's how, that's how it always works out. Right. Yeah, I mean, right? you have those people that, that don't see what you see and then you go, that's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. It kind of motivates <laughs> you a bit more. So it's a, it makes for a good transition because lately you've been doing a lot with, and I'm, if I'm butchering this, please tell me 
Cyphotology? Cyphotology. 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 I made that word up. You like that word? I made that up. I'm a wordsmith. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a bit about that. I mean, what's what that's been like for you? I know you've been speaking and stuff like that with your partner, who's a psychologist, right? Or Uh psychiatrist? Yeah, she's uh, she's her name's Dr. Anna Mm Rowley, and uh, I met her. I was doing a job for Microsoft, and um, and I hold on. I'm just. I basically. I was told, they were like, we have this psychologist who's working. It was an offsite Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Was, they were like, do you mind photographing her? And I was like, no, I don't. I was like, throw her on in. And they're like, well, we, we can't. She's not part of my. And it was like, a, I was like, don't worry about it. Just yeah, throw, yeah, yeah, throw yeah, her yeah. in. Yeah. And we ended up shooting. We hit it off. And um, she started to verify all the things that I knew, which was that I, and years ago, I called, I, I opened up a Twitter account. I put 90% therapist, 10% photographer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And I was like, that was it. I mean, yeah. that was really what it was about. So she verified all that for me. I never had a psychologist tell me that I was doing therapy or whatever, but I was like, <laughs> I knew that none of what I did was, uh, you know, I mean, uh, technical. It wasn't mm. about the technical was down. I hadn't changed anything in right. years. Yeah. I was like, it's just what you say to the person and how you behave with a human being right. that gets you what you need. That's yeah. what it's all about, right? So we started to put two and two together. Yeah, it's total connection. Yeah. And um I mean, you guys are locking eyes right now. I'm feeling a connection right there. Unbelievable. You know? You just see that warm ray of light <laughs> yeah. flying through. Yeah, I got beautiful light on me right here. It's gorgeous. <laughs> That was me blinking. So, the, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> and it's funny. Like, we all, uh, a lot of portrait photographers will talk about that. I mean, I, I'm not going to say extroverts do have an easier time than introverts. I mean, but to a point, I mean, it's kind of true because when you think about it, like you said, it, it's all about making that other person comfortable in front of your camera. Because I'm sure you know, you've shot some amazingly famous people, right? Some celebrities who, for all intents and purposes, are pretty used to being in front of the camera. And I'm sure that the second they step in front of your camera, they still have that moment where they're like, what do you want me to do? You know, right. and, they, yeah. and they're looking for you to, to give that guidance. And they're looking for you, like you said, some photographers you hit it off with, some you didn't, and it wasn't necessarily the work. It was how you felt as, you know, as a subject. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said, it plays a huge role. Huge. You I know? look like a, such a dork in some of my pictures when i could didn't make a connection with the photographer right yeah you know and and it's people don't realize that like you said how much of that is into it i mean when i've shot with some people if they're if i notice they're very uncomfortable in the beginning i will literally put my camera down and just talk to them for 20 minutes before yeah. i even take a picture wow and, and that and that you know and it, it would sometimes be hard because you sit there and go well if you have a time constraint and you're trying to get through it but at the same time, it w- I would rather take the 20 minutes, talk to them, get comfortable, and know that we can rock out for 20 minutes remaining rather than those you know, 10, 15 minutes in the yeah. beginning that are horrible anyway. And then you start warming up with each other at the end. And that's a know? constant for every single shoot ever, that initial barrier. You just have to get over. Right. So Yeah. So uh, let's do some word association. You said you're a wordsmith. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, sell out. It looks like Peter's heart just sank, yeah. just so you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. know. Sell out. What's your take? Sell on sellout? Mm-hmm. I don't love that word. I know you don't. Okay, but tell <laughs> me about it. What, what is it? What does it say to you? Uh, is it I that think therapy it, thing? Yeah, going I know. On now. yeah. I don't know. I think people who are like that are looking to make a buck, but don't really like 
what they're doing. Right. It's, it's not. It's kind of like you. You're all your own. You're your own person. Your own company. But you seem like you're still working a nine to five in a cubicle. In yeah. terms of like your enthusiasm and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, it's not authentic. I like, right. can't do anything that doesn't feel like me. I just feel it a mile away, and I'm like, that's not that doesn't roll with what I'm right. what I'm about. Yeah, you know, so I'm not into into. It's not a it's a negative word for it me. Is, no, it is it's it's a negative word. A lot of people, you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, you're a photographer or creative in general, and you're making it, and someone calls you a sellout. What's like the most opposite, contrary thing that could be true? It's like. Well, everyone has their opinions, but then, like you said, it's to me, it's if 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 it comes off disingenuine, right? Yeah, but you kind of get it. Opinions you know? are like hey, I'm in, yeah. everyone has one, but yeah, <laughs> I'm into multiple sources of income, right? You know, if you can have a bunch going on that's the you know all in the same vein of what you're doing, that's the goal. Like that's amazing. Like to yeah. me, for me, um, you know, if people. You know, I make my money with uh, people standing in front of my camera. It's great, but if I have to have somebody in front of my camera every day, it's not so. One, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. So like, having other other your hands and other things is is a key to making it making. You know, I think I think to having having a chill lifestyle and being able to do what you want to do. Right. Oh, yeah. Man. You know. So you're that sitting next to this sellout who who have, who likes money. <laughs> God. That's all. So I've heard. Uh, I've heard. Speaking of which, your businesses. I hear you have, have some business outside photography. Uh, you know, like you just said. I mean, I know you have some of the different systems you put in place in terms of like um, your uh, Peter Hurley Pro Gear, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? About all the stuff, uh, the multiple yeah. sources of income. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, especially the the lighting, the new lighting that you're yeah on. yeah. I mean, I I I years ago I was like I, I realized that I was like I'm gonna I I just can't be doing this rat race of shooting. I mean, I love shooting, but I was fully concentrated 100 percent on headshots. Right. I had. You know, occasionally I get a portrait job or I get a commercial job. I was still getting commercial work, but I really wasn't going for it because I was right. so busy with that. I was booked like three months in advance. I had, uh, it, you know, people say it's like a factory in here, and I really didn't care about my clients and everything. I was just in and out, in and out, and in and out. And um, and I thought I cared, and I thought I did great work, but then there's burnout. Like yeah. everybody yeah. gets mm-hmm. burnout oh, every yeah. now and then. So yeah. I was burnout. Uh, this was like, this was a while ago. This was like, and then the recession hit. So I was burnt out and then there's a recession. So I'm like, wait, now I'm not booked at three right. months in advance anymore. I got to keep this going. And, right. and then I'm, and I was like, so I started to look for other things. And unfortunately I looked outside of photography. I was like, not seeing that I had to make, I was like, I got to figure it out. And, uh, it went like, it ran the gamut. I was like looking every, I was talking to friends. I, I had some people that wanted me to get involved with some, some businesses that, um, really didn't had, I had nothing to do with, I had like, no like a reason, not a restaurant. One of them was more like, I mean, I don't, I, I can see him being a guy Fieri type, type guy, you know, having the, having with, the really upbeat kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, no flame T-shirts and stuff like that. I, I mean, but. I have asked to get involved in investing in restaurants, but I don't. I'm right. not a, I, I think the restaurant business. I'm. Um, you should have a restaurant tour on. I mean, that's a totally twenty four seven commitment. I mean, oh, I'm. Yeah. 
I'm committed to photography and I work all the time, but that is like, and then, and then for us, when, when I'm shooting somebody, I've just got one person to deal with. Like they've got like 50 that they got to keep happy all at once at the same time. I'm like, I won't not want that amount of stress in my life. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather owned a restaurant and, uh, and, uh, so I grew up around it. So. Oh, nice. What kind of restaurant? It was like a family restaurant. Well, it was a bar. It wasn't a family. Oh, okay. I mean, it was still, we, we like went American, there all the time. I had my, all my birthday food. parties there when it was in New Jersey, in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. It was called That's the awesome. Pine Tree Inn, and it was this old old place. It was really cool, and I grew up, you know, eating the, those little cherries out of the bar. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, I had all my birthdays <laughs> there, and and uh, and he was a he was a great guy and, and uh, you know, raised his family as a bartender he started nice. as a bartender and then ended up buying out the place and uh did really well for himself so nice nice yeah. grandparents owned a bar in yonkers I never got oh, to actually yeah. go there yeah but no, i know yonkers yeah wish wish i was able to do that so let's see um and you mentioned you know when that hit did you ever think about going back to modeling as like i don't know what do you call it uh i know uh, like the master's class or mature modeling or what do they call it if when what hit no, I'm saying when you were kind of burnt out on photography, oh, you ever think that. about going back into modeling? And, no, I, no, I'm not gonna do that. And it was like, <laughs> I'm in, I got a job, so I knew all the casting directors and stuff. I, I mean, I hadn't modeled. I don't remember when I did this job. It must have been around that time, right? I hadn't modeled since like 2000, and I think in 2000 I picked up a camera, and I kept. Obviously, my my big thing is when when. I get photographers all the time that want to go pro talk to me right. and they're hobbyists. Um, and they like some just like, I'm, I'm dropping everything I'm doing. I'm going to go for, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> uh-uh. no, you're not, you're not doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to shoot on nights and weekends right. until your income matches your photography. And then, and then you're going to quit. Right. So I was modeling as much as I could. Fortunately, my wife's better looking than me and she was modeling <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit. Actually, I just posted on uh, you guys Facebook ever do this work morning. Together? She, did this commercial for fuji oh wow which, nice. which was kind of awesome. cool so nice. I, I just posted that this morning it was like a throwback thursday moment um uh we did do did we ever do a job we met in line on a casting i'm Look trying to think if we ever did a job together we did a job where i was photographing her nice for uh johnny walker wow um, awesome what was that like then not easy. No, <laughs> I'm gonna say that's not. I, I don't photograph my girlfriend a couple of times, and I know buddies who shoot their wives all the time. And I go, "How do you do it?" Yeah, I can't do it. I, I yeah, no, no to no. this day. Same have, with my kids. Have you seen that uh, that video online now called the Instagram Husband? No. Oh my god! So it's like a parody video where they have a bunch of dudes just unenthusiastically standing there taking a million pictures <laughs> of their wives. For Instagram, you know, and uh-huh. it's like wherever there's a brick wall and some lonely dude who just yeah. stand there bored, it's an Instagram husband. And uh, and it was hysterical. And, and people, a lot of people posting about it and Pratique posted it. And then Jess was like, you know, laughing and, and was like, oh, you know, uh, this is what it's like for, you know, for us. Right. And then Pratik goes, so Jose, how many times does it take you to get the perfect photo? Like when you're standing there, I go, oh, easy, one. I take it. And then Jess goes, ugh, babe. I go, fuck you. Hand her the phone and walk away. I'm like, yeah. there you go. Take a <laughs> selfie. Do it yourself. This is, why, this is wow. why I don't. Oh, yeah. I have no patience for it, man. Like, And it sucks because I want to. She's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I just updated my cover photo. Oh, it was a picture of her. And we took it while He's we were doing. points here. Yeah, I'm trying to backtrack a little bit. <laughs> we, uh. We were doing a one-on-one workshop with someone that was at the college I, I teach at. 
and we were walking on campus and I use her just to walk around with us and because she's also a photographer. So she helps with, you know, giving them tips and all that kind of stuff. And I took this really great shot of her that we actually both loved. Mm-hmm. That never happens. You know, no, it's like the typical client photographer relationship where you go, I love it. And you're thinking that's one I was going to delete. Uh, that's your favorite. Okay. That's cool. Well, you know, you pick your favorite, I'll pick mine and you know, that'll be it. Um, but you know, we were shocked that we both liked them. She edited them and we put them up and, but that, that never happens. I've probably shot her twice in four years. I don't think I've ever been able to get a photo of my girlfriend smiling. It's always like mid about to hit <laughs> me or telling me to stop. Uh huh. I think I got it maybe like a Polaroid from three years ago, but that that was where it. she's throwing like a you know a book in front of her face or something. So it was or something like, like that. I think her, she you. was like pulling her hat over her face, but that's the only one I got. Yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. I hit the mic. Yeah. Mine's like the worst because my my. It's a strange situation because I don't want to pay other photographers to shoot my wife for her like modeling portfolio. Yeah. But I don't want to do it either. So it's like, so her agent is always like, "Can you shoot your wife, please?" And I'm like, I'm always talking to the agent. If I have, hey, I'm like, I got this new guy to check this person out, and they're like, "Oh, we've been working with that person you sent us. They're great. Now just go take some pictures of your wife." And I still haven't done. It. I mean, it's been terrible. I haven't right. shot her for her profile, and she told me we have to do it. Yeah, and I haven't done it since like at least it's been way over. I've been in this, I've never shot her in this studio and I've been here eight years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But it's good to know that I'm not the only one, you know, cause we had, we had our buddy Corin Prescott on and he shoots his wife all the time. How the hell does that happen? And he takes amazing photos of her and people love the energy between them. And then I ask him, dude, what's that like? I've shot with your wife. I mean, you know, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, sometimes it's great. And sometimes we're fucking angry at each other and we're driving across country in the same car, like little tiny car. And, and we just want to throw the other person out of the car, but it's, you know, that's, that's marriage, you know? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I guess so. You know? Um, but you know, one thing I wanted to bring up. So you recently put out a book. Yeah. Right. So when yeah. I, and it's about headshot photography. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I know you've been writing more and stuff like that. What was your experience like publishing a book? You know, did you go the traditional route or did you self-publish it or? I got asked. So I, first of all, uh, like all, the, this is why I've always had trouble, trouble with calling myself an artist, like English. Like I was like the math and science. I was fine in math and science. I wasn't smart anyway. I mean, I right. almost failed out of college, um, but I, I made it through. But it was all math and science. Like the English major people were not, it wasn't my thing. So right. I was like, I'm not artistic and I'm not a writer. It will never happen. So I, so I was like, I'm never writing anything. And then uh, I got asked, um, a bunch of people had set, started to say, hey, you know, you're so into headshots. You're right. really known as the headshot guy. You should write a book on headshots. And I was like, I should do a book one day, but I'm just a horrible writer. So unless I get a ghost writer to do it, or like an editor that like like we'll literally rewrite next to shit. me and write rewrites <laughs> right. it all. Um, I'm not doing it. And then um, and Scott Kelby kept saying to me, he goes, "No, this is what we're gonna do." Because otherwise, it wouldn't get it have gotten done. I got to thank Scott because he said I have the perfect solution. I was like, "What is it?" He said, "We're gonna talk the book out. We're gonna we're gonna record our conversation and we're oh. gonna transcribe it and make a book." Wow. So I spent, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so so that's literally how it was done. That was it. Well, I'll tell you the story. So I've got the number one 
uh, author right. in the photography space nice. telling me he's going to sit down with me <laughs> and give me his time and listen to me right. <laughs> talk right. out an entire book. Right. I was like, you're nuts. You don't have time. He goes, I'm going to make time. I was like, what? <laughs> so meanwhile, I'm like, I'm not going to waste his time. This right. is crazy. So about it started, I would say it started maybe in the spring of 20. 13 maybe so from the spring to the summer all through the summer i was um i anytime i saw him we'd get together we'd put a a iphone in front of us and Mm. record it and i would go down to see him a lot because uh he was in florida unfortunately my mom was in florida and she was sick and i was taking care of her Mm. so i would drive like from the east coast to the west to the west coast to be with scott and do a couple things and then go back to my my mom's place but um he was amazing. So we got the transcriptions back and he said to me, this was, I guess we finished the transcriptions in about six months. Maybe it was a year. It was like six months to a year. Wow. And then we got the transcriptions back and, and he put it into like a book form with chapter and they, right. and they, and they sent it to me and they said, here it is. And it, Scott's like, just like proofread, like don't go right. crazy. Just right. like read it and like keep everything pretty much the same. Right. And I was like, Okay, and I started reading it, and I was like, I don't even understand what I'm saying here. I don't get this either. Wait, this doesn't even sound like even this doesn't make sense from the one thing to the next that we did. So I ended up not. I was like, Scott, I can't, I right. can't let it's got my name on it. I'm only going to do one book. I was right. like, I got, I got only got headshots in me right now. Like right. this is, the, I mean, maybe I'll do another book down the road, but it's not going to be on uh-huh. headshots. This has to be amazing and perfect. So I rewrote the entire thing with that as the backbone. Well, yeah, as an outline, a rough yeah. draft kind of thing. How and how long did that take you? That took me about another year. That's still honestly though. I mean, in terms of like well, writing books, that's actually not that bad. It was horrible, but the problem is, is that I keep learning as I go. So every day yeah. I shoot. And I want to stick something in the book. Scott's like, you got to stop. My editor was like, you got to, st- you can't put that in the book. I was like, but I do it every day now. Right. I learned something. I want it to be in the book. It's got to be in the book. But yeah. that wasn't the main problem. Right. Like that, because putting a little copy in a book and adding to a chapter is no big deal. The problem was this most photographers who write, write books and most mm-hmm. photographers who work and, and write about their work, they finish their images. Like they shoot, they have their images, their images get published, and then that image is in an archive. And whenever they want to whip it out, they've got it and then they go. Well, I'm not that kind of photographer. Right. I basically barely change my website because I'm so busy, but I, but I, and I probably should change it more often, but my images never gets finished. So I shoot thousands of people and I give them a proofing site to see the pictures, and then they pick what they want. Yeah. And I never, ever use what they want. I don't ever li- – I mean, it's very rare that a client picks the same shot that's going to go on my web. I don't have the same taste as them. I'm not looking for approval from my uh-huh. clients. I want to pick the shot that I want. Right. So the entire book was each, – each picture had to be finished from scratch. And then we had to, so I had to look at them. I wanted to do, I do very minimal retouching, but every single one of them had to be touched and figured out and barely tweaked. And then we had to do all the color to match the color throughout the book. And it was just like, it was just insurmountable amount of work. Yeah, I can imagine. But but I I, I absolutely loved it and it was awesome and, and the book's out and it's a huge, been a huge hit. Huge. Like they, yeah. they told me that they couldn't, they're in, it's in its third printing already. And Holy. most books don't even get to the second. Wow. That's amazing. And I'm That's like, awesome. yeah. 
It's amazing. So people are liking it. And when I rewrote it, I rewrote it in my voice. Like I, it's, and I didn't care. I told them if the grammar's wrong, I said, I don't care. I said, rewrite it. So I'm rewriting it. So it sounds like me. And if, if, if the sentences aren't like my editor, was going to kill me, but she, I was like, make it sound like me, but don't make it too perfect. Like, like wrong spellings. Like I, I say nothing all the time. I put the, put N-U-T-H-I-N, leave it in there like that. I'm like, no, no problem. Like right. stuff like that. I'm like, leave that in there it's my thing i'm not i'm not gonna ever be perfect it's never gonna happen right right. you know that's great i mean so you you brought up something that i thought was interesting uh that a lot of us as photographers go through is you know you you do a lot of client work and it's a bulk of your work uh i've never actually think i've ever seen anything do you do you have like personal work that you do (laughs) no i mean i I I shot a personal (laughs) project i don't uh, you know what's funny is that uh, um, my my life is consumed with obviously all of this and all the right. photography stuff, but the other love of my life besides my family is sailing. I race sailboats. Yes, I, I trained for that. the Olympics, yeah. and that's yeah. how I got into modeling. Anyway, I got really into sailing last year. You recently and won I, won a big thing last year. Right? I won. Uh, well, I got second in the world. Second. I was second. Oh, I was second. okay. Hey, dude, runner up in the world. <laughs> I went to the world championship. I mean, come it's, on. Yeah, it was cool. It That's was very cool. Amazing. I hadn't sailed the boat since 2011. I hadn't been to a world championship since 2009. Uh, I lost 40 pounds to do it. Wow. And uh, and I went and I kicked butt. So this year I'm going for it. I want to I win the world championship. But the thing is, is that when you see me, all my sailing friends are like, we, we've never even seen a camera in your hands. <laughs> like there's I don't like it's very rare right. that I'll ever like I shoot so much that I don't ever yeah. want to bring this yeah. camera out of the studio. Yeah, you keep it everything compartmentalized, right? I just point. can't I can't do it. So and um It's gotta be so much focus with sailing anyway. I don't I don't see how you could think about anything other than doing that. Oh, I love it. I mean I love it, but I did my thing. So it's I mean yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm incredibly focused on the water, but off the water I'm just like, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I, and I'm not, you know, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, I would love to do more personal projects, right? but mm-hmm. where that lies on my totem pole, it's probably way lower than yeah. it should be. Yeah, and yeah, I need yeah. to move it up, but right. I just, it's just, it's just to get through all the stuff that I'm working out. Right. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to how to prioritize and where to put things. Well, you brought up something I wasn't to bring up earlier, but so you're you were a very elite caliber athlete, you know, still are, still are, right? And you a lot got of, second, I, a lot I of, was second. <laughs> you're a hack. All no, right, well, let's lot. look at it this way. But you have to, I have to preface it. It yeah. was in a category for the guys in my age range. Like yeah, I that's went, how they owe it. it's 45 it. to right. 55 is yeah. what I was racing against. And I just turned 45. Ma- so I went class, and go, right? took all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then I went to the real, uh, the national, I went to the U S nationals the week, a week later. Uh-huh. And I was sailing against all the guys, a bunch of guys that were training for the Olympics. And I won two of the races there. Yeah, the old guy. Yeah. The old guy came and kicked him. He yeah. gave it to him a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I screwed up. Otherwise, I would have been like I was eighth in that regard. I would have been like top five if I hadn't. I I messed up a little bit. But I'd like to go. I like sailing against the young whippersnappers. <laughs> yeah, you get to show them a thing or two. I mean, yeah. and and you you can attest to this. I mean, uh, as let's just say as athletic as they may be, right? A little bit better. Maybe edge on you on that. You have the experience. So it yeah. kind of evens out, and like you said, yeah. sometimes you get the upper hand, and you, you you know you're you're 
you're beating them. You know what I mean? So that's pretty neat. It's funny in sailing because you're in the you're in this vessel, and then you're like you're like you know you look at everybody and you you get when somebody gets to the front of the fleet, you're like, who is that guy? <laughs> and and I'm like, and I didn't know anybody because I had just taken so much time off. So I'm sure uh-huh. they're like, who is the old guy? I'm just gonna pass him. Right. And then I'd smoke him. They'd be like, who is that guy? <laughs> that they don't know. You know, right. the guys that know, the younger guys go up to him. No, that was that's that guy was, you know, good. He was on the US <laughs> yeah. team and everything. And there goes know. that hungry vampire that's just yeah. blowing yeah. everyone yeah. away. Yeah. So did you find that I mean, people like people know when you're an athlete at that level. The dedication, right? The hard work, the the, the constant kind of uh, effort you have to put in, and sacrifices you have to make. Do you think that kind of transitioned and helped you kind of launch your photography career at, at thirty with the family? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a lot of adversity when you're tra- right. doing that kind of thing, and yeah. it's at the yeah. highest level that it can be. I mean, if you've put yourself out there that you're going to go for it you know, you've got to get results. And if I didn't get results, what the heck was I doing? I wasn't just sailing around for the heck of it when I'm 30 years old. I actually did the model actor bartender thing in New York and I was sick of it. Like I was not sick of it. I was just on a, I wasn't going anywhere. Nothing was happening. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I, I, I have this talent. I should go utilize it. So I jumped back in the boat for the 2000 Olympics, I went to Sydney. I trained there, and I made the U.S. team that year. That's awesome. Um, and that Incredible. wouldn't have happened if I hadn't decided to just go out and do it. But um, after that, it, it that created this whole like kind of shift in my life where all these things started to happen. Like I picked up a camera. I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and you know, um, I started the photography business. And I was like, it was just it, all. I I always look at it like this. I used to be in a sailboat and figure out how to make this thing go as fast through the water as possible or whatever and and get across the finish line quicker i just translated it to a camera now i gotta make this thing take a take something that is a piece of art or whatever and Mm -hmm. create something with it that's special and then do it and then i was never you know and obviously i had to do it as a business because i had to figure out how to you know make ends meet my whole thing with the camera was to keep myself out of the bar I was a yeah. bartender till 4 a.m. Yeah. wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. Not making enough money to make ends meet in New York City. I was like, I'm going to do it with this camera. I'm going to do whatever it takes right. to make it happen with this camera. And that was really what it was. It was the drive. But I'll tell you what, all the guys that I trained with and sailed with in the Olympics, the ones that went on to do other things in life, they're all successful. It's it's when you're up against it every day. I mean, yeah. it, it's I think that kind uh, competing at that level just makes you go. There's like a some sort of area of the brain that's a no, little crazy. I, agree. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, you you've never had like a like you said a normal nine to five job. But I can tell you right now, if you go on an interview and you are an all American athlete, or you played in college, or you played semi pro anything, or even professional anything, people will kill for you to work for their company because, like you just said, all of those attributes and qualities translate directly into how you'll be as well, hopefully how you'll be as an employee. And yeah. the kind of hunger and drive you'll have. Uh, one thing I never understood is why isn't the same thing with elite uh, military veterans? Because to me, it's kind of the same thinking in yeah. that these people can think on their feet, problem solve, uh, work in under pressure. And then you're saying, how does how does it not translate into getting them, you know, work when they come home? But mm-hmm. that's yeah. another talk from the day. Yeah, that's a whole uh, um, other deep thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, here we'll go. We'll go. We'll go deep here in a couple of these. 
and uh, and you can you can take them wherever you will. What's Going your, deep. What's your biggest fear creatively? Ugh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not good with failure. So I think the biggest fear is that somebody comes in here mm-hmm. and I not I can get, usually get around their insecurities and take a good picture, but <clears throat> I don't stop until a picture on the screen resonates with me. Right. So I think the biggest fear is actually doing a session or photographing somebody and failing and feeling like I failed. I I had this um, thing that I've really kind of realized, and I do feel like this. You're only as good as your last picture. Oh, yeah. What have you done for me lately? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you probably have seen it. Guys who were relevant 20 years ago and are still kind of trying to use it as a platform, and you're going... I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like it's like you have to continually make your best first impression ever. Yeah. Like and if you don't, yeah, no one's going to remember. Yeah, like we we spoke to a it's scary as hell. A comedian uh this past week and he was a radio guy and all this stuff in uh, in Baltimore. And I asked him that question, he goes no longer being relevant. You know, and I think that's kind of a, a fear that all of us have. Is that's that if, a good one. If you sit there and say you're making stuff especially in a service kind of way where you're you're doing it for other people, uh, imagine if you got up on stage or imagine if you came in the studio and, and no one showed up, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it kind of goes beyond the whole money thing. It goes like, what am I doing that, that I'm no longer relevant in a yeah. space that at one point I was pretty fucking good, you know? Well, I think that's also, you know, stretching yourself and, and moving on. Like if I didn't stretch past putting, I mean, I still do headshots every day. Right. It's yeah. my thing. Yeah. You know, but at some point, you know, I have to be like, hey, I got to put this thing to bed. <laughs> like, I should just, I, you know, it's not like, I, I mean, I enjoy taking them and I love working with people. But at some point, I don't want that as a crutch to say I could I could sit in a comfort zone and shoot headshots for the rest of my life. But uh-huh. I don't want to be, you know, that's why, I mean, I started putting it out there and stretching myself and everything. Everybody always asks, well, why are you teaching what you, all your secrets? Yeah. And I'm like, well, because... By the time everybody figures them out, I mean, I want people to figure them out and to right. get better and to make a living right now off of the headshot photography. I think it's a huge growing thing. Yeah. But um, but I don't want to be competitive with them. Right. I don't want to. If I if I haven't moved on, I'm not pushing myself. Yeah. And th- and yeah. that's the thing people always say. They go, oh well, you're telling this person how to do what you do, and it's like, well, okay. If I gave that person your your phase one camera and all your lighting and literally the same subject. You'd probably get a different photo. My five DSR, oh. you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, I mean, and that's and that's the way it should be. I remember years ago, years ago, when I first started, I had a buddy of mine who was shooting all the car magazine covers and the national magazines, and I was using the cars growing up. And I asked him, I go, "What do you think?" Cause this is right when digital cameras were coming out and getting real big. And I go, "What do you think about the huge influx of like soccer moms with cameras and uh, undercutting you and doing shit for free?" And he goes. It doesn't bother me. And I go, really? What if like they're going to take jobs? He goes, if someone can buy a fucking camera and take work from me within a month, I'm not doing my job. Right. Exactly. So if we, we, let, we lay F-bombs left, right, and center on oh, the yeah, angry millennial, it's, no yeah. problem? No, it's just okay. I didn't know. Let it fly. Ten in a row, quick. Let it, yeah, yeah. Or like Carlin, seven, seven words you can't say on the radio, shit, piss, cunt, ass, motherfucker. I can't oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude, come on, because we know how it is. I mean, to me... The reason why I want to do this and the reason why I want to sit with these kind of people like you and everyone else is when you're at a certain level, a lot of things seem polished, right? I mean, you, we were talking about Instagram earlier. 
Yeah. I really think Instagram, let's be honest, it, it, it started out as people taking pictures of their food, really shitty pictures. And now look at how curated and perfect every little photo you see on Instagram is. And I feel like there's going to be a tipping point where it's going to go back to shitty pictures of food because people are tired of seeing how polished everything looks. You know, it's taking an hour to, to take one little tiny photo and, and, you know, and I feel like it's the same way. I mean, I have people, I hear interviews with people and they're just so, same response, same kind of safe direction, uh, you know, and I make it a point to ask some questions. I'm not going to like catch you off guard, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you something you probably never had anyone ask you before because yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. Why not yeah. go, be, go a little bit further, go beyond what other people are just scratching the surface. So, Peter, what's your go-to lighting setup for for uh, headshots? You know, it's like a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, flex kit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like that, that's all great. But if you wanted that, you could literally Google your name and check it out on YouTube in two seconds, yeah. And, yeah. and just spare yourself a whole thing. Yeah. So standing out. That's I mean, it's yeah. All, it all comes back to that. Just standing out and being different instead of trying to be better than the person behind you. Right. Right. Um, so. Tell me, going deeper. We're going a whole other level deeper. We're going, we're going to go deeper deep. than we, we were already yeah. deep. Oh, we're going deeper. <laughs> we're going second level inception Get deeper. Wow. Uh, name your most meaningful moment in your career thus far. Oh, wow. Well, if you don't say your wife, there's going to be some trouble here. <laughs> no, I mean, she's fine with whatever. I mean, she's... <laughs> No, I, I mean, my most meaningful moment, I think there were a couple moments where um, I felt like maybe, I, I think there's two things, there's two things that are really mean a lot to me. One is knowing that my craft is so honed in that I can take people and put them in front of my camera, give them an experience and spit them out having net, they'll never forget it for the rest of their lives and I can yeah. change them mm-hmm. for the better and change this you know, the perception of themselves. And mm-hmm. that's the cyphotology thing. So for right. me, it's really about that. I get some, and when, when I do it with people who have things um, that are considered, maybe not considered as attractive as other things. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I work with people's faces to get something out of them. I've had, you know, mothers, daughters, like in tears, hugging, crying, like about, the pictures that I'm taking because of something that somebody else wasn't able to capture. Like those moments are really cool. But in terms of my career, like the, one of the proudest things was, is, uh, um, I mean the best job, the most amazing job, the, the most proud I was of, of the work that I did was when I went to Hawaii and shot the cast and crew of lost. Uh, and we, it was it was great doing the job. I mean, it was amazing. It was horrible that I booked two of the biggest jobs that year within the same week. I was supposed to stay in Hawaii extra days, and I had to fly back to New York <laughs> yeah. to shoot a, a famous author who who was another amazing thing. I, I I think it when you become a photographer, you don't realize how powerful the pictures are when people because mm-hmm. a lot. Unfortunately, this this author, his name's Vince Flynn. He passed away, mm. and he would request me. I shot him, and and he was he's a major author. People people probably know him. He's the cool. He was the coolest guy, and um, you know, looking back at those experiences that I had with people, now they're not here. Yeah, and I created that imagery that's priceless. Like it's like it's it's amazing. So it's things like that that really 
mean a lot to me. Um, I, I think a lot of people take it for granted that the camera's as powerful as it is. I lost my mom, yeah. and I didn't ever get her in my my headshot lighting setup. There was something about my mom that I was just like, I'm not, I'm not putting her in. Like she right. was in this studio a number of times. I never said, mom, jump in front of the camera. Right. Yeah. Not even with me. I mean, I yeah. didn't have a picture of my mom with me. I didn't have a picture at the funeral of me in my style, like my, my headshot. I hadn't taken a headshot of my mom, mm. which was horrible. So the minute that that happened, I told everybody on the headshot crew, go out and shoot your if your mom or father are alive go shoot them right go take wow. pictures um That's a good point. Yeah. Awesome. you know and i didn't get to do that so um i mean all that stuff it's just a it's just amazing that we have this box of it's a hunk of metal plastic and glass and somebody gets in front of it and you create something that people really care about you know it's a yeah. huge thing and that this was an aside from just working with vince i mean vince I, I, unfortunately cancer sucks and it's just a it's a horrible disease and he yeah. had prostate cancer my mom had ovarian cancer and yeah. uh and um everybody listening to this has somebody that was affected yeah. by that disease yeah. And, yeah. and go take pictures of them i mean it's yeah. just huge i just spoke to a guy who wants we want to talk about um doing some cyphotology stuff with uh chronically ill patients and and like just wow you know yeah. and and mm -hmm. seeing how it affects them and yeah i think that that all all that stuff is the most powerful stuff you know um and and in terms of being able to affect people with a camera positively positively i think that's amazing yeah if i'm looking at my career in terms of you know when i'm you know, patting myself on the back or feeling right, like I've biggest, arrived or that highlight. I've made it. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was looking at that exhibition of the lost pictures when it was finished and, mm -hmm. and standing there in that room. And, and the Vilcek foundation is the, is the foundation I do a lot of shooting for. And they sent me to Hawaii to do the job and they have a beautiful space. Um, they're building a new one, but they did, uh, we did, uh, I don't even remember how many prints it was. It was probably 26 prints or something like that. And they were all like, you know, four feet by five they were four feet by five feet or something yeah. like that and right. they and and it was to be have my work shown like that um was really meaningful and all that whole exhibit got sent back to hawaii and is in a museum there wow um That's yeah awesome. so That's i yeah it's which is really cool which i have to go visit one day i signed all the backs of them but and i printed a few for my studio so i have mm -hmm. some here but um, that was the best job, and I'll never forget it. And, you know, I always complain about having to come back for Vince, but, you know, Vince was something else, and he was a yeah. great guy, and, and that shoot with him went so well. And, uh, you know, it means a lot. All this stuff means a lot. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I think of two people when you think about that. I think of um, Jeremy Coward when he was on Talks About Help Portrait, and, you know, even even when he started that it was very it was very like kind of hands off and it still is so he says there's just the stories i hear like uh these these one guys i can't remember where they were from but they had a girl come in and literally 90% of her body was covered with uh burns and scars and she uh had been abused as a child and literally would get acid thrown on her and you, yeah. So already you're thinking, holy, holy shit, right? Wow. And if you've ever, if you think about what we do, 
sometime. Like you said, especially with scars, it's always a, a touchy subject. But you sit there and say, well, maybe we could, you know, either either take them out, but they're part of you. So it's you always ask. At least I always do, right? I'm always asking, is that scar meaningful or is it, do you want it out or whatever? Um, and for her, she actually kind of went the opposite way and said, you know what? Could you please take away all my scars because I don't remember what I look like because it happened when she was like eight. Oh my gosh. And then she's now like an adult and, wow. uh, and you're sitting there going like, that is some of the heaviest shit. Yeah. You, know, no. you remember when he brought it up, I was yeah. just like, I was like, Oh my God. Wow. Like that's, that's serious. That, yeah. That, you know? And I didn't know what to say when we were listening yeah. to that. What, what can you say really? N- nothing. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, wow. but like he said, that that's just a little bit of the the power that you have. You know, I mean, uh, Mark Seliger. Yeah, I heard him at, at Standout, and I've watched him speak twice. And he talks about the iconic photograph of Kurt Cobain he took, and oh, yeah. he was yeah. one of the first people to shoot them when they were up and coming for Rolling Stone. And uh, and then I think he took. I don't know if it was the last photograph before he passed away, but it was at least like a month before he died. And he, and that was a photo they used for the. Um, like commemorative, not commemorative, but the issue of, of you know Kurt Cobain on Rolling Stone, yeah, was the image wow. that Mark took, wow. uh, and he said that's he still talks about it. You know, what's that now? Ninety four, yeah. ninety six. So it's at least you know almost twenty years or more. Yeah, something. And it like still that. still sticks with him. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it, it, it's definitely like you said. I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I've been shooting for ten years. I've never taken a good photo of my mom or my dad. I've taken photos of my grandmother my father's mother and she passed away. Uh, I've never taken photos of my mother's mother. Um, and yeah, and that's a good point, you know? And one thing I did with this, oddly enough, um, my parents have always been very supportive of all the stuff I've done, even though no one in my family is very big artists. Um, they've still been very supportive. And when I started doing this, um, you can imagine the questions I got within a month. Are you making money yet? What are you doing? You got, you know, <laughs> I got two kids. Like, come on, you got to really, you know, step it up. And uh, my parents were over, they were visiting, and I just showed them all the stuff. And I said, hey, check it out. It's this, it's this, you know. And I, I sat my dad in front of the microphone, and I was like, well, Dad, let me interview you real quick. Uh, it's the most hysterical, like, three-minute <clears throat> interview because he's – He's like a, I it's just funny. Picture that now. He's a really reserved, <laughs> like he's a rather reserved, uh, you know, retired army captain, chemist, smartest guy I know, uh, pretty, pretty quiet if you don't know him, right? Pretty reserved. However, we're, we're Puerto Rican. So if you, if you, he <laughs> likes you, forget it. He's the loudest one. He's, he's giving you a whole bunch of Johnny Walker black. He's smoking cigars with you. He's, you know, the, the dancing around the room and all this kind of stuff. But when I got him on there, I just kept talking and I'm like asking him questions. He just goes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And my mom goes, Tony, you know, you have to actually talk, right? And my dad yeah. goes, oh, right. Sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> then we it. just proceeded to kind of bust his, bust his chops and say, dude, come on, you're killing me. Like, you, this, is, uh, this isn't TV, this is radio. So you kind of got to. There's still kind of a yeah. barrier there. Like photography, you have to kind of get over that barrier first. Yeah. Even people, though it's, it's a microphone, it's still a little weird when you start out. Yeah. People, yeah. people always ask, how does this work? And they get nervous in the beginning. Like I was telling you, Peter, you actually like hearing yourself. Yeah. It took me a while to get over it. <laughs> But like some it. people, they hear it, they take them off right away. They go, whoa, that's weird. I don't like it. And it's, it's again, like that, that, that thing, you, the shit you put on yourself where you go, 
I sound nasal. I sound this. I don't like it. I don't want to hear yeah, myself. People don't like the way they sound. Yeah. 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 I sound like my brother. So I just feel like my brother's thought. Like if you called and talked, if you called like, and my brother was with me and I have him pick up the phone, like everybody yeah. would think he's me. Really? Yeah. You guys look similar? So I, not really. A little. No. Yeah. I mean, we look like brothers. That's like, you know? that's like me look, and my brother. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. We look enough alike. It's my younger brother. My older brother and I don't sound alike. My, uh, my younger brother, like it's crazy. Like I had call him and I'm like, he sounds exactly like me. <laughs> How far apart are you guys? Mm-hmm. Mind trip. We're three years, two and a half years. Apart. Two and a half years yeah. apart. Nice. Yeah. I'm the middle. Explains, explains a lot. My older brother's oh. less than a year older than me. Oh, no, wow. Yeah. By three days. Those three days are huge. Every year I'm the same age as him for three days. Imagine when you're growing up, how big a deal that is. That oh, yeah. huge. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest, and my, I have a, my brother's seven years older than me. My sister's 10 years older than me. Wow. So, a bit more removed than most people. But uh, yeah. so it was interesting. Growing middle up. children have it the worst. Is that true? I mean, did you grow up having middle child syndrome? I don't know. No, I was fine. It worked out. I don't know. I just don't know how my mom handled three boys. It's crazy. Right. And look at you now. And you have two all, daughters. Yeah. So now you had a whole yeah I, I'm having trouble handling, handling those. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So listen, right now we're getting towards, we're, we're about hitting Are we going to go deeper? Well, it's funny. We're going to go to the the lightning round. So I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, there's three more questions left. And keep keep the answers like a minute. Okay. And let's see if we can. Lightning. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? So uh, if you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still shoot? That's going to take less than a heck yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, before I picked up a camera, uh, no, when I first picked up a camera, I just went around and I was shooting stuff and Bruce and Bruce would ask me, he'd be like, well, what are you shooting? I said, I'm, I'm just, I was very patriotic because of the sailing. So I was like, mm-hmm. always, so I would walk around the streets in New York on castings as a model and I would just like, look up, I got to find these negatives. Cause it's funny. I, was gonna say, I yeah. would like go, look for flags. Mm-hmm. So I shot black and white film and I shot flags. Uh-huh. So I walked around and I have a bunch of pictures of flags and stuff. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's when I started. So yeah, I, I think if I, I would totally be, uh, I'd be more apt to shoot personal stuff or, or anything like that. If I was shooting less in here mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. So I, I'm a I think, I think we had so a, bre- I think we had a breakthrough today, Peter, you're going to yeah. start a personal project within, <laughs> within the next year. I, I, all right. That's safe. Come on. You can Six hammer months? me. You, we got to do better than that. One Come month. On, maybe. Within a well, month? I'm st- on a headshot crew. I'm starting a portrait track. Okay. So I'm pushing all them to start getting more into their portraiture. And I really, you know, I'm not, I'm not, unless, uh, I book a client that wants me to go out and do portraits somewhere. I'm not doing it as often as I used to. Right. So I was thinking about that. I was like, I should go do some portrait work as a and and shoot some more of it and get out of the studio. So maybe seen, we'll see. I've seen some of your work in that waiting room. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of on location stuff. Yeah. Environmental portraits that are really cool. I can do it. Were those personal? <laughs> were those were those uh, commission work? Well, that was the lost job, or some of them in the waiting area. Okay. And then one is of Sofia Vergara, and she was in here, but it mm-hmm. was a it was for a cover of a magazine, Inside Spread. And then the other one was a friend of mine that was in here, and I've been trying to shoot him forever. And I I wasn't trying to shoot him. I told him I'd shoot him because he's an interesting looking guy. And we put it off for years, and then one day I'm just finally like, we've been putting this off too long. Get in here, and right. we nailed that image. Nice. Yeah. 
And it's insane. It's like the most powerful. Yeah. It's the most it was, powerful it was headshot that, I've it ever was in shot. That interview. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I loved it. Same yeah. thing. It spoke to me. It's yeah. one of and the ones in there. Sorry, the the one on the left wall, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you think is up next for you in your career? Do you think you're gonna have a camera in your hands till the day you die? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I don't know if. Yeah. I mean, I don't think photographers stop. Like, if you're really, you don't stop. Right. There's no stopping. It just right. doesn't. So yeah, I think so. I think. Um, you know, I've got some work going on. Again, if I look at all the the different areas where I'm focusing my attention, I, I think the biggest thing and the most powerful thing is the cytology thing. I'm mm-hmm. going down to D.C. tomorrow to work with the psychologist for a couple of days. And, oh, nice. And work on that. And I think if that thing takes off, it will limit the amount of time that I'm shooting. But it's all about shooting. So right. yeah. I don't I don't think I'll ever stop. I, I think right now I'm in a space where I, I've gotten my hands into so many things. So I'm doing um, you know, the teaching, I've got mm-hmm. the book, I've got the F stoppers tutorials, I've right. got the headshot crew, which is all my coaching stuff. Right. I've got Hurley Pro, which is a bunch of uh photography gear, and mm-hmm. I teamed up with Westcott to make my lights. So this just alone, plus my shooting, yeah, all that's is is enough. Like right. it's I can't add more to my plate. Right. And then there's cyphotology. So I think like at some point I have to I, I need some sanity. Mm-hmm. So I have to like I have to figure it out and get these things all cranking and fine tuned and and just running right, on running their own. running on their own a right. little bit better. Yeah. So I can take a step back and and actually get creative and and figure things out. But I it will never everything that I do I decided a long time ago was going to be involved in first of all I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I and because uh, I can hate what you do when you're self employed. Yeah, I don't stop. There's right. no so I have to love it. And um, and I think I think it has to somehow be related to the photography, um, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. So those are those are kind of where where I've planted my feet and where I'm, I'm sticking nice. with it. Yeah, I think so, anybody uh, creatively, it's just it's wired in you. As soon as you start, there's there's you don't know how to stop really, no matter how old you get. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's one of those things like like uh, with the cytology. I already screwed it up. Cyphotology. Cyphotology. Uh, Rolls you, off the you tongue. Did, yeah, <laughs> you did uh, some TEDx talks, yeah? Yeah, I did one at MIT. Nice. And that's the if that's the one you're going to do. I mean, that, to me, that's a pretty big one. That's the yeah. one, yeah. You think you guys are going to do more of those? Uh, I, I'm probably down the road, yeah. I mean, we, we have to fine-tune and come up with like a new concept for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we did and what we said was huge. If you haven't seen that, definitely just Google Cyphotology, yeah. yeah. Um, the, it's funny in the in the talk we talk about how people behave in front of the camera, and we created a cyphotology quotient. So if you go to cyphotology.com, you can get your PQ. So try wow, it out. I, yeah. never, I didn't notice that. Figure out That's what your PQ cool. is. Go wow. take the test. I will. Yeah, oh, we'll definitely be doing that. But you know? I, uh, for me, I uh, I got to tell this story. Yeah. Um, I uh, whoever. Uh, a photographer up in Boston was mm-hmm. friends with the woman who was getting looking for speakers for this TEDx talk. Right. And she saw the squinch video or something like that. And she asked him, Hey, do you know him? And meanwhile, we're really tight. Uh, his name's Rick Byrne. He's so like, Rick yeah. calls me and he goes, uh, do you know, do you know, can, do you want to do a 
TEDx talk you want right. to talk to, and the woman's name's Tamsin Webster. She's amazing. I put her in my book, her and her husband. Her husband came up with this thing called PAS in here, and it's picture avoidance syndrome. And I put it in the book, and I put it on the <laughs> TED talk. I, oh, I gave wow. you credit for everything. That's awesome. So anyway, I when Tamsin started talking about it, I was like, you don't understand. Like I went to the TEDx talk, mm -hmm. and I'm speaking with the head of cancer research for MIT, Holy wow. shit. who was a really cool guy. Yeah. And one of the top brain research dudes from Harvard. Wow. And Anna Rowley, who's a Dr. Anna Rowley, who's, right. you know, wrote the book on leadership therapy. Right. And a bunch of other really smart, influential people. And then there was me, the dude who almost <laughs> failed out of Boston University across the river from all the smart people at MIT. Right. And I was on like the five-year plan. Yeah. And, I, and they told me I had to go to night school after I almost failed out to see if I got good enough grades to stay to go the extra five years. Right. Wow. And, and 20 years later, sure enough, boom, there I am at MIT speaking with those guys. <laughs> that awesome. was what I call... Shabang. <laughs> that's amazing. No, I mean that's you know, and and I've I've always I've shot two TEDx talks, and I've uh, been to the one in Baltimore that was really cool. I mm -hmm. think it was at Moore College or something like that. But uh, it was the same thing. I, I I looked at it like it was a fun place to go to hear different things and just network and meet amazingly smart people. Yeah. And and I, I just, I loved it, you know? So we'll definitely be going back in, I think it's in January this year, the one down in Baltimore. But that's funny. I it's mean, cool, this TED movement, you know? It's yeah. just amazing. And the real, the live, like the big TED event right. is just so, it's yeah. so yeah. major. It's yeah. just like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I have enough juice to ever speak there, but if I ever did, I'd be like, that'd be the one, that'd be yeah. cool. I mean, the TEDx one is amazing to have, to say I've done that. And that right. was probably the hardest talk that I'd done. Uh, it was very, it was very difficult because yeah. you it was memorized and I don't roll like that. Yeah. I'm like yeah. a flyby. I'm like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know. I just you I just they, they were boxing you in. I just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. My brain's not good like that. All right. So, so listen, B, we're gonna. Oh, it's called you, Pete. You go by that at all? I can go by it. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> I, hey, to each yeah. his own. I'm good. Yeah, I'm. Right. You can call me Pete. I'll all take right, cool. it. Cool. It's, it's a little. Yeah. It's it's rare, but I get it. <laughs> I just got it two days ago. Somebody said that and asked me the same thing. Do you go? Back? And I was like, you can say it. Yeah, I don't care. It's yeah. fine. He's like, I fucking hate it. He just no, glaring no, at No, I really don't Pete. mind it at all. No. I wouldn't call myself Pete Hurley. I mean, it's just that weird. That does sound you know, weird. It's weird. It does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't mind when people call me Pete. Don't, right. don't now watch all these people. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can already see it. Hi, I can go Pete, around. Pete. Did you fan me other call you Petey growing up? No, no, not Petey. No, he was always an old soul. He was always Peter. I think I was always Peter. Yeah, I was always Steven or my grandma. Oh, it's the only one that called me Stevie for some reason. Yeah. But. Um. All right. Last question. Okay. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Who is someone that you would like to hear us talk to on this show? Oh, on the angry millennial. Who would yeah. I like to hear you talk to? And they don't have to be, because I always say this to other photographers, but uh, they don't have to be a photographer. But anyone, anyone honestly, who's just creative. Um, I don't know. Three I, interesting I like, people, go. Three? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> He's just trying to put you on the spot. Or people that I, I'm trying to think about people that, I, that I've shot or else that I find are really interesting. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I think it'd be great to speak with his partner in Sifotology. Yeah. 
I can't even get it out. There you go. Dr. Anna Rowley, I'd like to see you talk to her. Okay. She's in D.C. Come on. We can make oh, that happen. Nice. Here. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she for comes sure. up here enough enough with me. She'd be interesting to speak to. Definitely. Definitely. There's a good one. Okay, cool. You yeah. came up with it for me. You took I know. Me off the, <laughs> no, no. I'm off the hot seat. No, you're not. I was like, you're not off the hook. Yeah, you know. Oh, I got to come up with somebody? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's part of the fun while we at. Oh do my this. gosh! Well, I'm trying to think outside the photo industry because I know you got you know a lot of dyers. So I'm, who would be cool to speak to? That's not photo related. Um, and there's so many people running through my brain right now. I don't even want to just say one. Well, I, I will say this: if you ever come up with them in in, in the future, by all means, email me, follow up, and and I love that. Here you go. Here, I'll give you one, because this guy shot with me, and he's a riot, and he's amazing, and he told me to start a podcast, and I haven't started yet, but (laughs) but which I should probably do. But if you can get Peter Shankman on here, that would be cool. How do you spell his name? Shankman. Same name. You spelled Peter the same way mine is, and then Shankman, (laughs) so S-H-A-N-K-M-A-N. You'd be surprised, Um, bro. Mine's Rosado, and I get... R I Z O T O. What? Jose? Jose. Four letters. Four letters. Growing up, I got Josie. I got, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, uh, my, let's see, my gym teacher, my football coach, and my baseball coach. You think this guy would know me? He spelled my name H O Z A Y. I said, yeah. my friend, that's why you teach gym. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica's oh, saying Gary V, and I, he did pass through my brain. Yes. I think he's, he's the only person that's probably more intense no, than me. No, he's way more intense than me. He actually, you know what's funny? It might be in the water. Uh, he, the the wine library, mm-hmm. is less than a mile from my childhood home. No shit. And my dad's office was across the street from it. Wow. So, yeah, and I went and I told Gary, uh, I told Gary this. I don't know. Somehow we got in touch through Twitter or something. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be at the wine library on this day. Come meet me. And I went and saw him. And uh, and we were talking about stuff. And he's he's just an amazing yeah, guy. He yeah, always blows yeah, me away. And it's yeah. just the fact that he – I was like, I, I I grew up like right there. That's so cool. But he's <laughs> he's really uh, inspirational. And that yeah. guy's definitely – that guy's got me beat on the energy scale – like, like I'm like nothing, like I got nothing compared <laughs> to that dude. When I'm, when I'm like, when I get tired, I think of two people. I think of what would Gary be doing right now right. and what would Bruce be doing? Bruce Weber like never stopped. Yeah. I never saw him like on a shoot all, he'll shoot all day and he's not in the, like the greatest shape and he's not right. young. He was right. like, when I met him, he was 50 right? and he would shoot all day and then he would like edit all night and mm, I, and wow. he never, ever got tired. And I'd be like, I, I don't know how he ever did it. Yeah. So whenever I'm on shoots and I'm tired, I always think of, of Bruce first, but uh, I follow Gary on his stuff and I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not, I got to step it up. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you seen his, uh. His daily V, it's like this new thing he launched where literally he just has someone follow him around from like when he wakes up to the end of the day. No way. And and literally they, they said it's all one take and people were like, no oh way. He's God. playing basketball with a bunch of buddies at like 5.30 in the morning. Then he walks out, he goes to a meeting at 7.30 a.m. Then he's taking meetings all day, he went to do a keynote and he literally walked in with jeans and like Converse or something on or, or Vans. And they wouldn't let him do the keynote. They're like, he's the <laughs> keynote speaker. And they're like, he's wearing jeans and freaking sneakers. He's not coming inside. And they're like, I don't know what else to tell you. He's the one guy everyone came here to see. How, like, and it was like a 20-minute <laughs> yeah. thing. They had to put a, a coat on him, like a sport no coat. No way. And they, wow. they let him slide in the shoes. But he was even going to go out and just buy some. 
He's like, I'll just go no buy something for someone to buy. And they go, no, don't worry about it. And he went up to this like place where it was a pretty, pretty, let's just say, uh, stuffy kind of kind of uh, <laughs> audience. And he, you know, Gary, he's dropping f bombs every you know every two seconds and <laughs> yeah. making the whole pe- place laugh. But it was crazy. And people said it. They go, dude, there's no way this is real. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that was all just that one day. Like it yeah. wasn't cut together or nothing like that. That's that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, literally. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, you figure those kind of people. Let's be honest. Those are the ones that are they're, are where they're at, you know. Because, like you said, if you don't hustle and you don't go a hundred miles an hour all the time, whether you're thinking about it or you're putting in the work, someone else is, and they'll beat you. Yeah, it's that hunger. You have to have it. Yeah, you know. I, I also think figuring out what what your path is that works, so that you put the time in and you enjoy every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Gary looks like he's enjoying every minute oh, of what absolutely. he's doing. So you know, yeah. it's more power to him. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, Pete. <laughs> it's been great man thank you for having us here yes, thank we you had so an awesome much. time talking with you uh hope everyone enjoyed on your uh your mentions yeah there we got we got guys did you enjoy it we got uh how many people are in here right now hold on what do we got we got a hundred we got 81 viewers and we've had up to you know uh, we've had over 100 the whole time pretty much wow, around nice. it. so that's pretty cool nice thanks for being on guys and uh checking it out on facebook message mentions you can follow me at peter hurley photo if you want to check this out more often but okay. i only do stuff that's cool and hopefully yeah. this drives people over to the angry millennial awesome. podcast on on facebook site and uh and and Check these guys out. All right. Yeah, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that. So thank you. Thank you. All right, Pete. All right, see you.